Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Quality Tech Talk. Omar here alongside Cress, episode 58 of the podcast. We're just trucking along. Uh, you may have noticed that we did miss a week. Idea there was that we wanted to get on the cadence so that you would have a episode from us in the first week of the year of the new year in 2022. So Plus, it's a crazy season. We all getting ready for, you know, the holidays and gifts and things. And so, you know, we wanted to get a head start on that. I mean, if you follow us, some things actually has happened. <laughs> so we ain't going to talk about all that, but a lot of things have happened. So it's a good thing we actually had a, had a little break. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And for this episode this week, it kind of was like a lot of things. A lot of times we watch tech YouTube and ideas spark. And one thing that you know, famous YouTuber Marquez Brownlee, MKBHD, was uh, doing recently was where he was reviewing every iPhone ever and every Pixel slash Nexus device ever. And that kind of sparked an idea for us. Like, well, let's kind of revisit that, but from a software perspective. For the current listeners, we've talked about iOS and Android, you know, versus like different different ones that were released that might have been popular or might have been big, but we never really talked about the whole, the history, you know, and, and just for a future, you know, the next one is going to be iOS. So, you know, if you're not an Android, you know, lover and you're like, nah, I don't like Android. I'm skipping this one. Well, watch out for the next one. iOS is coming next. Absolutely. And Android's a fascinating thing to me, right? Because I love it. It's the most popular operating system period period it surpassed uh windows for that that crown a, a couple years back and the way it started is kind of interesting you know it started as a digital camera operating system which to be honest i think would be an interesting product even today like a smart digital camera you know that you could download like social apps and stuff that reminds me of the, uh, what, what was it, the Samsung one that had the camera, the big old camera lens the on it. Galaxy what was it called? Zoom. Galaxy <laughs> Zoom. Yeah, I, I thought, hey, you know what, though? Like, it was really thick and clunky, but I, I feel like if somebody were to, since since cameras are so important in, in smartphones today, if somebody were to really do it, or even like you've seen those those rumors of, uh, you know, what if uh, Apple just did a camera, like a little, like, you know what I mean? Like an iPod looking right. little camera thing. Hey, bring it back. I'll be down. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Like, even uh, to use it, like, as a OS with, like, a DSLR would be just super oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of like what your boy uh, Sony's doing, right? Kind of, sort of. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're, they're kind of, like, going that whole mobile creator uh, phone situation. But right. if, they, if you took, like, one of their alpha cameras and slapped their Xperia experience on it. Oof. And that would be, that'd be kind of crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, but after a while, you know, Android sold off to Google and they were going to make a phone. Yeah. And you got to remember the context. This is right before the iPhone came out. And the idea, what was around, it was BlackBerry, it was Windows Mobile, uh, Palm, Trios were everywhere. Oh. So Google's like, oh, okay, well, if you want to make a phone and a smartphone, you have to have a full QWERTY keyboard and whatever. So then, so they're developing this thing. Yeah. And I think HTC was, was uh, developing it. And then the iPhone comes out and changes the game, as we yeah. all know, in 2007. And uh, Google's like, hold up. 
wait a minute, let's fucking change this up a little bit. Hell yeah. And then they come out with one of your favorite phones. Oh, the G1, bro. I'm telling you, look, as much as I told, I've told Omar, and I might have said it on the podcast multiple times, I don't like moving parts on a phone. I've just had, I just haven't had success with them in the past. But man, I will take a new today, 2021, 22 thin g1 I, w- I would i would accept it oh it'll go down even a sidekick and we ain't even talking about that but oh those are that was a good phone dude just it, it was actually pretty durable for what it was at uh, though the, the hinge on it and everything it, it was i think things became cheaper after that but that was a actually really built a uh, really built well phone really good i loved it and then the little ball lit up <laughs> In a weird way, that's kind of what the wing was reminding me of, the LG oh, wing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, obviously it was more sidekick-like because it had the side swivel, but, you know, the the, the, the mechanism was similar, though. You know, right. and uh, there's something, I know, you know, moving parts, obviously, you get more repair possibilities and failure rates and stuff like that. But at the same time, there's something just, like, very cool about flicking something open like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like you remember like when we had, used to have all the like the vertical sliders like i used to love those as well you know you yeah. just go slide up and down like a, uh, like the chocolate and stuff like that i think yeah, it was yeah, yeah exactly exactly yeah uh but but yeah so the g1 which is actually also called uh the htc dream internationally outside yeah. of t-mobile mm-hmm. uh which that was built by htc and you, you oh. notice that's a pattern r.i.p google and htc's partnerships stretch long we're heavy know, since the since the beginning of android but yeah but then they started to make an os and the early days of android were very rough you know same with say the early days of ios were rough you know before yeah. they had the app store and, and all that good stuff you know so i remember with the i you talking about being rough i remember with the iphone i, I can't remember either it was maps or like the internet or, or the app stores, one of those two where you couldn't do on the go. It, it was something that just wasn't working without something else. And it was just like, ah, dude. So yeah, you're not lying. Like the beginnings were, for people that like us that's into it, thinking about it, yeah, that was that was rough. A lot of, a lot of those things annoyed people like me. Yeah, and like the early days of Android, just like put it plainly, were ugly. like the ui design wasn't there it was very clunky uh but they did do a couple things that led up to the first major release which was android 1.6 donut so keep in mind that android was named after for a long time up until android 10 which we'll get to later uh was named after a dessert which is why this is called donut so fun but so yeah what i was going to say was just just a side note for you guys uh, we're, we're, we're pretty much about to go down the history, history lane of, of mo- some of the most important. So you may see some that might be missed. Uh, they'll be missed for a, a, a good reason. They were just maybe some uh, minimal updates, some just poly- UI polishes, things like that. For the extra geeks that are, you know, geek 2.0 and 2.3 more than us, don't get mad. We We just, you know, doing a summary of what we feel is most important, I would say. Yeah. Most memorable. So yeah, man, let's start with Donut. Donut had two big things that it brought to the table that were important for the development of Android. And two things that you couldn't even imagine not having on Android today. 
and that is quick search for you know google and stuff like that but also for your contacts and applications and things of that nature and to install those applications you need google play yeah, back then yeah. called the android market do you prefer it called the google play store or do you like the name android market more android market is is bad but also google play store is too long i think it should just be like google store you know okay so when you do well yeah but why not you can mix in both actually because you know what I was about to say. You have the Google Store, but right. why not? You have you can have the Google Store for apps and products. Yeah, because if it's if it's just linked to your account, it's the same thing. You Bam. Well, Microsoft does that on Windows. You know, like they have the Windows Store where you could buy surfaces and stuff, but they also have the Windows Store where you could download apps. What if we just spoke up something that's coming in the future? Google, you need to pay us. <laughs> <laughs> um, something else that we didn't put in uh, in our in our little pre. Um, at this time, that's when uh, a lot of power control widgets uh, for management, like Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, Bluetooth, GP, Bluetooth, GPS popped up as well. So just wanted to throw that in there. The important one, I think, there, of course, is Google Play, though, because that's what started the whole idea of, okay, if you want to succeed in mobile, you have to have the apps. Right. And that was with the App Store with, uh, with iPhones. And with the Android market slash Google Play Store with Android. And that's why I think this is the, the moment you probably start. It was probably the beginning of the end for BlackBerry, WebOS, Windows Phone. Because Google and Apple just beat them to the punch on luring developers to build for their pro, for their platforms. And and then they just uh, couldn't catch up after that. And that's why where we're at today where there's only two prominent platforms. Or even if they didn't want to mix the stores together, just call it Google Store. Take off Google Play Store. Just take off the store. Call it Google I think Play. eventually it's going to get there because they're going away from the Play branding more and more as time goes on. Okay, there we go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, you know, the way Play Movies became Google TV. Yeah. Play Music became YouTube Music. Yeah. So on and so forth. Yeah, um, there you go. All right, so let's move on into probably one of the bigger early updates for Android, which is the Eclair update, the 2.0 and 2.1 update. Do you like Eclairs? Uh, I haven't. They're okay, I, they're not my go-to donut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let, hey, let Carter see one. He's like, oh, I just want it because it just looks big and cream is on the inside. Oh my, just give it to me. He don't even know what it is. Well, let me ask you this: Does he like a Boston cream? It's yep. basically the same thing, That's but yep. circular. <laughs> yep. you know, yeah, yeah. There he is. Yep. There it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so Eclair, I mean, this is a big one. Enhancements to Google Maps, which was on the older version, but this one made it more better. This is like the first time I think navigation became like a big thing. I think that's what I meant. Like with uh, with the iPhone, like navigation just wasn't, even though even though then it began before now, they were like teamed up with Google. I think the navigation on the iPhone needed some other connection in order for it to use. I can't remember, but... Yeah, so I think since you bring this up, like it was something like that. But yeah, Google Maps, man, like I mean, that's like one of the one of Google's core mobile services outside of search is yeah. Maps. And you look at what Maps has become, and it all started back here when they decided that we're going to make the GPS navigation unit obsolete, and yeah. they did. Mm -hmm. Period. Um, I don't another, even think you. You only have like car rental places like saying that you can add this, but like I really wonder. Like, 
why they still have it. Like, are people really still adding like a GPS to their order? I know truckers for sure, but like I remember when I was working at Best Buy, they we, we would get people would still come in for like the Tom Tom GPS units. Mm, I did too, but I was always wondering. So I asked a couple of them, you know, why don't you just use your phone? Yeah, you know, why don't you just get like a car mount and and use your phone? And then they were like, well, a lot of places where I travel has poor signal, and the GPS radio signal from Tom Tom is still better than it's on Google Maps. Also, I don't want to have to always be looking at my phone, is what they would say. So, it's mostly an older generation thing. Like, yeah. most people our generation and younger uh, don't don't bother with it and just use a phone or connect to CarPlay or Android Auto. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's still a thing. But for the most part, I mean, remember, those used to be, like, front and center, big deal tech stuff. Mm-hmm. But now, I they just one. don't exist. Yeah. Before all this became heavy, I wanted one. Like I yeah. wanted like a top 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 notch one. You could download the software and all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean that that's gone with now, and it started you know on Android Declare. They also uh, added support for HTML5, which kind of changed the mobile web as we know it. You know that went away from Adobe Flash, which is why eventually down the road, you know the iPhone never supported uh, Flash, and yep. why Android slowly that was another got thing rid of I didn't it like. as well. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it made the mobile web more sophisticated, I guess. Yeah, speech to text popped up. That's a big deal for me. Like, to be honest with you, you want to know what's funny? I didn't really use speech to text until I got an iPhone. <laughs> I don't know why, because I use it like crazy right now. When I know I'm about to write a long message, yeah, I get it. Just call them. But sometimes you ain't in that position. Speech to text is major for me now. I used uh, the first platform I got really big into speech to text was Windows Phone. Okay. Theirs was okay. They got they got a little aggressive with the punctuation prediction, but yeah, it was pretty good. Google's hands down is the best. Like it'll it'll correct. Yeah. Like it's awesome. Yeah, uh, Google's is a lot better than everybody else. Oh um, yeah. Like when I was using Blackberries, I never thought to do it. You know. Yeah. The full keyboard. You know, you don't really. That's that's what you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. That's the whole point of getting a BlackBerry, right? <laughs> um, last two things that you they added with with the Eclair update: digital zoom for the camera. Which how how would you live without that now? Right. And uh, constantly improving the Bluetooth stack. So they had updated to Bluetooth two point one. For yeah. reference, we're currently on Bluetooth 5.2, so Bluetooth yeah. has uh, come a long way. <laughs> I, re- I remember there was times people were like, oh, no, I'm turning my Bluetooth off because it's going to run my battery. Now you keep that bad boy on, it ain't going to do shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got Bluetooth LE now, and just these things don't even impact the battery like they used to. Yep. So the next update was Froyo, short for frozen yogurt, which uh, which I think we can uh, we can all appreciate. Yeah. Uh, so there's a few things that were added here. The one I really want to focus on the most is uh, push notifications. Okay. One thing that Android does so much better than anybody else uh, is notifications and the way they handle push notifications and the notification management system. <laughs> like everything about notifications, Android does really well. Yeah. Um, and it started on Froyo. You know, it was it, because before you got to remember, you wouldn't get emails instantaneously. That's one of the reasons why BlackBerry was so popular because it offered push uh, notifications for email. I remember, like, I remember fixing some customers. Like, where's my my emails are coming and going into the settings of the BlackBerry, Bro, turning on push something. and pull, and the- <laughs> one of the first phone Android phones I had, I think, was the first Android phone I had. It was a Samsung Galaxy S Captivate. That was the first okay, Galaxy yeah, yeah. Phone. Was, was that with AT and T? 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, we just yeah. said it at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it did not have push email because it wasn't available on that version of Android because it was on 2.2 and not 2.3, which was what, or sorry, 2.1, not 2.2, which is what Froyo was. And so it would be in intervals. So you would have to get email every half an hour or every yep, hour. I remember that. That just murdered your battery, you know? And me coming from a BlackBerry, it was jarring because I was so used to getting emails and messages instantly. Man, and yeah. And, but yeah, but when they did this, that kind of made Android more legit in that respect, you know, yeah. so you didn't have to wait for that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, uh, they also added what, Adobe Flash, we mentioned that, portable hotspot. Do you use hotspot on your phone? That's so. that's what I was about to say. So currently right now, yes, we all use it pretty much for Carter mainly, but I don't even remember trying to use it back then though. I never really use hotspot. Like hotspot's like a in case of emergency break the glass thing for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I <sighs> You know what? Nah. You know when I used it? When I was working as a Chromebook rep, we would have to do demo mode setups, right? Mm. You had to do a demo mode setup on Chromebook, you need an internet connection. Okay. And you know you know that Best Buy Internet's trash. Trash. So well, oh, I remember, but before you before you keep going, so at my store back in Chicago, we had two. Nobody knew. It was like a secret Wi-Fi. The, the, the Geek Squad I, one? Yeah, you had to like, get, yeah, had to hey, know. let me get the password, bro. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I would, so to just kind of circumvent that, I would just like, I would just take my work phone, turn it on hotspot, and let it do it that way. Yeah. You know, company paying for data anyway, I'm not too concerned. So <laughs> Now, I do, I do like the way Apple does it, though. Uh, this is something I think that I think Google or Android needs to jump on the way that things hand off and connect. Like if you if you turn on like, for instance, family sharing, if you would turn it on to allow all of them to jump on if they needed to, they could just jump on and I could just hit allow. You know what I'm saying? It's not something where they need to put in a password oh, yeah. because it's so connected. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, uh, again, I, I think. Yeah, I only use it for Carter and his iPad. You know, we talked about this the other day. Now, and that's now. That's just new. That's current. You know what I mean? <laughs> so other than that, we really needed had a reason to do Hotspot. Yeah, I mean, it's a good feature to have. And like in your situation where you're doing it for your son, it's it's nice to have, right? Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 something for me that I think was super, super popular back in the day. So I remember working at Cricket when we didn't offer Hotspot. And people were like, well, I need my hotspot, you know, and I'm just like, there's use cases like they're like there'd be truck drivers and yeah. they would be all on some like, uh, oh, well, I'm on the road. I want to watch a movie on my laptop when I'm checking out for the night. And I, I, the only way I can power the Internet is through my phone's hotspot type thing, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, it sounds like you need to buy a DVD player. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. yeah, buy you a mini, a mini portable TV or something like that. All right, so in the last thing Froyo added also was support for higher res displays. You know what's ironic about that? Remember, for a period of time, there was like this movement in Android to keep on going higher res, higher res, higher res. Yeah. And everything was like doing 2K for a while. Yep. And then they just, everybody dialed it back to 1080p now. You notice that? Better display, better technologies, you know, save some monies. But then, you know, as we always say, Apple, for some reason has had a really good display without even needing to jump up for a long time. So it just depends on the technologies you're buying. It's, it's, a, spec, it's a spec race thing, you know? Yeah. I think now it's gotten to the point where 
it's not really about the resolution as much as it is the brightness and as much as it is just like the way they reproduce colors like the only company that's really pushing the limit on resolution is Sony because they have phones with 4K displays. Yeah, you know, and that's because Sony's gonna Sony, you know. <laughs> yeah, they remember remember what I used to say. All they did was cut a corner off the TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and make a phone. I think this next one was probably the most important Android update before 5.0, and that's Gingerbread. Gingerbread added so much stability. To and, and improved so much in battery life on Android. Now, we didn't make that in our notes, but that's something that's worth noting. Yeah. This is when Android really started popping off, I think. You know, and um, but one of the things they added was uh, NFC, you know, and that opened up the floodgates to mobile payments and stuff like that. Yeah. The phone that came out, and we said in the beginning, we're just going to be talking about OSs, but this is getting me too excited. This is when the Nexus S came out. The Nexus S was the first phone to sport gingerbread and NFC. It was made by Google and Samsung. Dope. But I had a problem with it. It was I had it on Sprint and they had signal issues. I was so upset. I had to return it like two and three times. And it was a known issue. So upset. Because you know, back then, you know, when you when you're you know, kind of like me now. I'm a I'm a I'm an iPhone user, and I'm like stuck on it. I was stuck on Nexus back then. I'm like, get this shit to work. But yeah, man, awesome. I uh, I also had the Nexus S, but I had the AT and T version, which was stuck on Gingerbread, and was never gonna get an update. Yeah, and I hated that. You know, I hate like the whole point of getting a Nexus was to get updates. You know, and uh, it just, it just never did. Another thing that Gingerbread added was the task manager that we know and love today on Android. Well, actually, not really that we know and love today because they changed it, but it was the implementation of that task. I think back then, the iPhone didn't even have a task manager, if I'm not mistaken. Because they didn't add that until like a couple years after this. Yeah, I don't remember... Remember the early days of the iPhone, you would open the app, then you hit the home button, and you just open another app. You know? yeah, I, yeah, I don't remember doing the double tap until, yeah, yeah no, nah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, so Gingerbread also added support for front-facing cameras. Mm. So think about this. Like, pre-Gingerbread, selfies didn't really exist. <laughs> selfies is the shit today. <laughs> you remember, like, back then, to, to kind of mitigate this, you know, remember what they did? A lot of phones would have the little circular mirror on it next to the camera. Where it was like a little shiny chrome metal thing. You could kind of see yourself. So you could point your phone up like this and you could kind of take oh, a picture. Oh, I do know what you're talking about. I think Palm had something like that too. A lot of companies did. I know HTC oh my LG God. did it. Yeah, that's why they did it. You know, because... You know, that's kind of coming back now though. That idea of taking selfies with the rear camera. Yeah. If you have a Xiaomi phone that has a little screen on the back, mm-hmm. you could use that screen as a viewfinder, and and there you go. Galaxy Fold does that. You know, you you'd use you would flip it open, and you would use the cover display as your viewfinder, and you you take a selfie with the primary rear cameras because realistically you're going to get a better picture that better way. better picture that way. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's it's, it's interesting because 
you know, the, the, the selfie camera and the front-facing camera has become kind of weird. Because, like, now you're using it a lot more for video calls. Yep. And they're trying to, and they're making the back camera so good. So if you want good selfies, it's almost better to take it with the back camera if you can. Yeah. So it's kind of kind of weird in in that regard. But but yeah, so that's something uh, that's that's happening. Uh, I know I saw you had just added that, you know, video chat support, Google Talk, yep. you know, all mm-hmm. that stuff was added on Gingerbread. So you know, Gingerbread was a a really important update. I just want to throw in there, you know, just to give y'all maybe new listeners or, or people that's you know, you know, average in technology. NFC uh, is is when that happened, that was the greatest thing to come. NFC is what you have today that gives you your Apple Pay, your Google Pay, your hotel keys, your garage and door locks. Like I've always told people when I used to work at Best Buy, Omar, I used to tell people like NFC ain't made for what you think. It's going to be for car keys and hotel keys. And this was years ago, bro, before Apple even talked about it. Just because, you know, we do the research, you know what I'm saying? NFC wasn't made for that. You know what I mean? Uh, obviously that's a start. That's the groundwork. Let's do something with it and then let's build on it. But yeah, man, I just wanted to throw that out there. Like NFC is a really, really big deal. Yeah. I mean, you think about the things that we've just talked about, selfies, contactless payments, and multitasking on phones. Three of the most important things you do on the phone right now is those three things right there. So, you know, that's, that's just, that's wild, you know, and, and that's why I think up until from where we started to where we're at, Gingerbread so far is probably the most important mm-hmm. update. Yep. Because it added all that stuff. It's the same thing we're doing today to a degree, but on steroids. Right, right. Yeah. Honeycomb was after Gingerbread, but that yeah. was specifically for tablets. For tablets. We're just kind of gloss over that one. Yeah. Um, Ice Cream Sandwich, which was the first visual overhaul of Android since its inception, really. Yeah. And this is what, this is when visual design became important to Google. Uh, they called this theme the hollow theme. It was, if you ever seen Tron and Tron Legacy. Oh, I love it's that basically, movie. It's basically that. Yeah. You know, dark background, blue accents, thin lines. That was the hollow setup, which I miss. I like that setup a lot. You know, I love material design. I like material U, which we'll get to in a little while, but... I like the look of, of the hollow theme that uh, Ice Cream Sandwich had, especially with, uh, I believe the Galaxy Nexus debuted that, that design, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, this is where they, they added a few things. You know, uh, they added resizable widgets. And remember, they added lock screen widgets on this as well. Yep. So you could kind of swipe over and all that. They added virtual home buttons. So this was the first step in making the phone bezel-less, right? Yeah. Now, did you like the ver- the physical buttons on the Android phones, or were you more of a virtual button guy? I'm gonna be real with you. Today, give me a physical button. I- I'm I'm still stuck on that, bro. It don't have to be. It don't have to go back to Touch ID. Obviously, you and I talk about that. Put that shit on that big ass side button. That that I don't need that big button for power. Put something in there. I still I still will take a a physical button. Like, do give me a little line at the that same line at the bottom. Give me that. And I'll still take Face ID. I don't know. Like, it's something about physical buttons. Like, you know, and, you know, MKBHD talk about this shit all the time. Fit buttons, clicky, clicky, clicky. That's his thing. Just give, give me both or something. I don't know. I know uh, we're moving well, on from that, but shit, give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, I liked the idea of like the capacitive button thing. Oh, like the Apple's, ACC? Yeah, yeah, they were kind of yeah. trying that. Um, but, you know, it didn't really work. And you know, it might be something they revisit over in years uh, moving forward. But it seems yeah. like everything now is more, you know, more gesture based. And, you know, everybody's all about the screen real estate and all that shit. If Apple, because I, I think Apple's the only one that's really, if that's rumored to really do this. If they're trying to make a portless phone, I really do think that they'll get to where they don't have buttons, meaning that they'll be touch or capacitive, you know, to a degree. You know what I mean? Hey, if LG Look, could man. do it, somebody could take that technology and do it better. Look, man, uh, let's not open that can of worms. I hate, <laughs> I hate this whole portless phone idea, man. It's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. Uh, it's so fucking dumb. Like, hey, but think about it, though. In the future, would you really want to continue? Let's say we in 2022, pretty much. In 2032 or 2042, me and you would be 50. So, you know, we, we'll still be young. In my opinion, we'll still be young. Fuck that. We'll still be enough. We'll still be in this crazy technology world. Would you want to continue plugging in? You know what I mean? Like the way you see technology going, would you want to do that? Until they have a viable wireless solution that covers everything that a wire covers, I'd still yeah. want to plug in. Yeah. Like it's not just charging, right? Yeah. It's right. data transfer. It's if you need to get your phone repaired. Yeah. It's all this other stuff. And I, I'm not a huge... Like, I hated that they took away the headphone jack. You know, yeah, why are you okay. taking away that option? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I use Bluetooth. Okay. But why are you taking away the option? And, like, <coughs> the thing I like about wireless charging, MagSafe, and Wired is, like, I can choose. I don't Got have to option. use MagSafe every single time if I don't yeah. want to. Because we know right now MagSafe is slow. Yeah. I've tried it too many times. When I charge my I no, I charge my iPhone every night on MagSafe. Yeah. But when I need to power, power you know power up during the day, yeah. I just do my wired fast charging. Yeah. Because it's it's reliable. Yeah. I know it's gonna work and I know it's gonna charge fast and I don't have to sit by for three hours to wait for my phone to fully charge, which is what yeah. MagSafe does. Yeah, the only way, you know, I've talked to talked to you about this before, and you you just bought it for your sister. The only way I'm doing MagSafe is if I have a duo or whatever new trio, just because of the fact that I don't have to have multiple chargers. But yeah, um, convenience for sure. Right, convenience. But if I'm remember, I've tried the one MagSafe charger like twice, and I kept telling you, no, I'm going back to a cord. I, I need it to be stationary for me. If I'm going cord, give me a cord. But if it's stationary, cool, give me that. Yeah, yeah. I, I just. Personally, I just like having again the option of it. Yeah. You know what's what's so what's a big deal about having a charging port? Like yeah. I get the the design is like oh we want to be flush or whatever. And I'm just like, <laughs> like do on. you did I hear you say you charge at night? Yes, because of the optimized charging feature. All right, so all right, I, I know we I know we getting off off we 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 done turned uh you know we made a pit stop to the coffee shop. Uh, real quick, I've seen that. I know about that. Is that for real though? Like, all right, so does it stop at 80% for real and then, you know, trickle? So when like I look really... at my battery stats, I actually did this earlier today. Okay. It shows you like a timeline. Yeah. And they'll show you a, a, a point where it gets into optimized. And you can see it's it, it stops just short of 100. And then, you know, by, by the time you wake up your phone, it just flicks it back up. And according to my battery health, it's still at 100%. Wow. Which, I've had the phone for four months, so I think that... Now, now they, they, could, they could be lying. I mean, there, there's no... <laughs> software. You know, yeah, yeah, it's just software telling you it's 100%. But, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I do it that way uh, most most nights. Um, it doesn't bother me, you know. And again, because because I'm doing it overnight, I don't really care how slow MagSafe actually is. And that I think is also. Oh, in you my do mind. MagSafe overnight? Yes. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't I don't plug in to my uh, to my anchor charger overnight. No, yeah, I do MagSafe. Mm, good idea. All right, I'll think here, about here, it. Real quick. So when I bought when That's I was a really good my, idea. I was furnishing my apartment. One thing I didn't consider is the MagSafe charging situation at night because I bought these end tables, and they're metal. Okay, so they're metal. So a lot of times when I want to place my charge my phone on the charger, it's a little weird. So I almost I gotta kind of like do it like slowly, so the magnet picks up and claps on. But it's just because it's not acting right because it's all this metal. If it was like a wood table, oh, it wouldn't matter. What I was thinking was you was about to say, oh, you know what? When I'm done with it, it just sticks to the metal and then I go back to it. <laughs> One thing I want to try is if I could like uh, – some we're really going off tangent, but it's fine. Hey, we uh, had a, we had, we on our second coffee break. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I remember a while ago somebody grabbed the wireless charger and they like mounted it underneath the table, right? But the table was thin enough – that it would still read through it, right? Ooh. So what I kind of want to do, I want to try to see if my table is thin enough because I can't cut into my table because it's metal. Right. And if it was wood, it'd be different. But yeah, if I could like kind of mount the charger there and just place the phone on the on the table and it just charges, that'd be kind of cool. Ooh, yeah. You 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 created your built-in wireless charger. That's dope. Yeah, I, I might I might mess with that uh, this weekend. So we'll see. All right, let's get um, back in this car. Get back on this highway. Uh, um, so we also on the ice cream sandwich. You also were able to. So it was like the first versions of face unlock. Yep. So that was a big deal because up until then, I mean, fingerprint sensors weren't really popping at this point. I don't think. Right. Like first fingerprint sensors, I remember seeing what phones had it. Oh, like the G two, LG had it. Um, okay. Yeah. Samsung, their first one with a fingerprint sensor. Oh, it's the S3. Galaxy. I the, thought that the, was S5 that had the... the I thought the S3 button had it built in. It wasn't good, but it, I thought it was. I, 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 got, I, I swear it was the 3. It could be the 4. I don't know. 5 is too far. But it's... uh, Yeah, so, the, so Face ID was like the first real, real thing that you would have... With that, and with that sort of level of authentication outside of a pin or a pattern. So that was a big deal uh, on Ice Cream Sandwich. Um, and then uh, you also had uh, Android Beam. Want to talk about that real quick? That is the early, that is the real airdrop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a cool transfer method. It was kind of like the evolution of infrared. Remember infrared back in the day? Everyone oh, had a yeah. little sensor? Yeah. Yep, yep. And... It was cool. They now that has eventually evolved into nearby share now, which is you know similar to Apple's mm -hmm. AirDrop, yep. you know, where it's or the phones don't have to be touching. But mm -hmm. you know, that was kind of the the beginning foundation of that. See, I don't think I don't think AirDrop or Android Beam or nearby share. Same thing with NFC. I don't think that's really what it's made for. I think something's gonna be created off of that. Yeah, yeah. It's because uh, yeah, the it, the file. I think. 
using a feature like AirDrop is what Apple is going to convince everybody as why they'll go portless on the iPhone. Uh -huh. <laughs> because like, oh, you want to transfer files? Well, just AirDrop it. You yeah. Know? The issue there, of course, is that it becomes very proprietary. Yeah, so, yeah. Where he's like, oh, yeah, I can only transfer to, uh, to MacBooks. It's cool. You know, MacBooks and iPads, you know, so what do I do if I'm running Windows? Uh, fuck me, I guess, you know, so. Yeah, or send it, it through an email. Yeah, God. <laughs> well, you, uh, there's all sorts of limitations. There. Send the Androp link. There you go. Yeah, that, that's probably it. Yeah, send the fucking iCloud link or something. Um, all right, so next one up is Jellybean. So Jellybean gave you... The biggest thing I want to talk about, like we, we have other things, but the big one, the real, only one that I really want to talk about is Google now. So if you open any Android phone now, so with the exception of like some Samsung phones, I think, and you swipe over to the left, you have the little Google feed. That started as Google now. And mm -hmm. I like the old version more than the new version. Yes, I do too. Because mm. the, the new version is really just a bunch of news articles based on your uh, on your Google mm -hmm. search history. It yep. might show you the weather in the top or whatever. Yep. Well, what Google now did it like scanned your Gmail, and it's it, it scanned you know your messages and stuff like that, and would show upcoming appointments, it would upcoming show deliveries, upcoming deliveries, flights, yep. all this stuff you know, all in one glance, and you got you know, traffic conditions. Yeah, like I remember, all right, here's a good example. Back then, I used to go to this laundromat every uh, every Sunday, right? Yeah. And I remember I had the Nexus 4, I Nexus think. 4 was so good. Uh, and I would, like, swipe over, mm -hmm. and it would just be like, it was like, it, it would tell me the amount of time to get to that laundromat because it knowed at that point mm -hmm. in time. I was going at this certain time every time there. Yep. You know, Apple does something like this now. Yeah, it's uh, in the shortcuts. Where, but they also where, put it in. Yeah. Where, well, I don't use Siri shortcuts, but oh, okay. like where, like I usually go to this one restaurant on Sundays to watch NFL games. I open up my phone. Maps is giving me a suggestion. Oh, only a fifteen minute drive. Well, that's, that's you. Nice. Use, that's using Siri shortcuts without you using them. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. So yeah, I think that that um, and that all started with Google Now, and I wish they would go back to it. Uh, I think they're trying to make that more in Assistant now. Yeah. If you notice, like if you use uh, yep. Google Assistant Snapshot, yep. yeah, it will show you all that stuff. Which kind of makes sense. This is your assistant. Your assistant's trying to work for you to help you if, with your day, but then they need to blend it too. They get to bring. Yeah, it, bring my it back. thing is make the assistant then like the whole thing, your, the whole feed then at mm -hmm. that point, right? Yeah. So uh, that's, that's just my my opinion there. Hey, I just want to um, say this: like you mentioned something about how you, you know the phone knows you know where you're going most of the time, dude. You know one thing that I enjoy all day every day: this phone knows when I go on breaks. It knows when I need to set a timer. It literally pops up and said, "Do you want to set your 15 minute timer? Do you want to set your 30 minute timer?" I'm like, "Damn, that is good." Now that's an alg algorithm for you right there. But yeah, man. Uh, let's see. So yeah, Google Now, yeah, loved it. Nexus Four. I think, like you said, Nexus Four was the best uh, way to do it. That, that was also one of my favorite phones. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, you also had um, the first versions of multiple accounts on <sighs> Come on, Apple, Google. Do something. Man, it is criminal that you can't do that on the iPhone or the iPad. You know, I iPad just... at least. 
Yeah, yeah. It's just like, jeez. Like, like, I look at, like, my work phone. You know, like, my work phone has two separate email accounts on it. They're both Google accounts. If we were, like, working from iPhones, that'd be a problem. Problem. You know? Yep. You know, so, uh, yeah, get on that one, Apple. <laughs> yep, for real. Um, all right, let's uh, go on to KitKat, which was, like, a sponsored version, which is kind of weird. That was fun, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember working um, that. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just we, there was just a lot of Kit Kat talk, a lot of you know customers being all you know excited about it and candy and you know I think well, and because and because it was I think October too Halloween, so you know what yeah. I mean like. <laughs> Bro, imagine being a Google rep back then. You would just walk into stores with fucking bundles of Kit Kats. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Uh, big thing that they added here was the OKG support. I don't want to trigger oh, any devices. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so that was like the beginnings of Assistant, honestly. You know, Assistant Where was, was Assistant, you know, but also you also added faster multitasking support here, intelligent caller ID, which, again, was the beginnings of the call screen stuff on Pixel, of duplex on Pixel. So, you know, that all started on KitKat where they started really reevaluating the phone. And, you know, Apple's kind of tried to implement similar things where they got spam blocks now, where they have some, you know, the, the spam caller detected thing. And all that started with Google kind of rethinking the uh, the phone app on KitKat. Um, so now we got, man, you know what? Right now we should play the Little Wayne. La, 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 lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Lollipop was also cool, too. Like, these names are just, like, awesome Personally, I don't think they should have went with went to numbers. To me, I get it. They're like, okay, we got to compete in all, all aspects. Let's start giving them numbers. Nah, you should have kept giving me some some desserts, man. And then what what are we on now? We're on 12. So what that would have been? 12, 12 would have been S. See, come on, man. They could have kept going. <laughs> uh. I think they just did it with 10 because you can't think of a damn dessert that starts with Q. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that was a lot of conversation. Yeah, yeah. That, I remember the speculation about that. You know, it was kind of crazy. But back to uh, Lollipop. Lollipop's, just like Ice Cream Sandwich, is a big visual overhaul. That was where we first saw material design, which is the, the cleaner look with the circle elements. And honestly, I prefer that version of material design as opposed to the ones that would come out later with Oreo and Pie. I just felt like it was it was cleaner. The animations were more bubbly. I just felt like it made more sense. But, you know, Google is always saying how material design as a concept is always evolving. You know, it's not set in stone. But, yeah, that's uh, where they first started the whole Google look now that you see. is It started on Lollipop. It was more that polish. I know they're polishing more and more. But that polish, to me, seemed more... More at home, more them. You know what I'm saying? I feel like they're obviously you got enhanced, but I feel like they're enhancing too too bubbly, too fun. And I get that's Google, but too fun, too bubbly, too I wanna say too colorful. And I get it. Material you, you know, it's you. You know, you wanna you know your background's gonna match the you know theme. I get it. I don't know. It's weird because I get the whole wanting to do the color thing and wanting to personalize it. And that's like the whole idea of Android is personalization, right? 
but part of me i'm gonna sound like a thousand years old here but part of me like really appreciated the design aesthetic that like blackberry was doing towards the end you know with blackberry 10 and even blackberry 7 before that and you know because it was like clean lines minimalist look yeah i mean i kind of like samsung's default theme too in that regard it's just that white and blue or black and blue depending if you use dark theme or not right you know i like like and uh, i know it's like the unpopular tech opinion to criticize material you everybody seems to love it because of the theming aspect yeah and but i'm not i'm not like super sold on it like my work phone it has a couple theming options like my the theme i have is like it's like navy blue and white or yeah. gray and white just because it's like it's cleaner. Like, I don't really want, like, a hot pink accent color. You know what I mean? And, you know, may, again, maybe that's just that's just me. You know, if you're... The, the whole idea of Android is to give you the option, right? So I get it. But, yeah, that's just kind of my personal preference, I guess. Uh, this is what support for dual SIM actually started. Oh, okay. Which yeah, is so. huge overseas. You know, yeah, yeah. honestly, we're the only country that doesn't really do it. Yeah, so when I... You want to know what's crazy... I went, when I was switching back to T-Mobile the other day, the tech the tech that I was on the phone with to get my eSIM working, he was like, I've done seven of these today. Like, before now, like, nobody really wanted to do them. Like, how did you know about that? I said, well, I, work, I used to work in the industry, and I'm just really into this stuff. And uh, he was just like, yeah, it's pretty cool. I think I think everything should go that way. Hell yeah. Me, you, we did a podcast on that. eSIM should be that deal. It shouldn't be no more physical SIMs. Like, what do you need it for? I get 5G UC right now without a SIM. Like, I don't need I don't need a SIM. What do I need a SIM for? I mean, you could swap. I know you could switch back and forth easier, but still, you could download your SIM card on another phone, too. Yeah, I mean, all it needs is, like, in the in the setup, it's just, like, enter your phone number, log into your T-Mobile account or whatever carrier you use. And, and there's a barcode that I scan. Yeah, boom, and you're done. done. Yeah, easy. Lollipop also added uh, notifications on the lock screen to hide sensitive nice. content. Which you want to know, I, I can't wait to see if the rumor's true, maybe, maybe 16 or 17. You know how Apple does it. They need to refine things. I can't wait to see what their on-screen is going to be on the lock. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like always on display? Always on display. There you go. My bad. So I want to see what they do because you know they're all about fitness. You know, the, I've seen some pictures with the, you know, the rings on the front. Like, I think that would be pretty cool. So I can't wait to see what they do with that. That'd be interesting if they did like a Apple Watch complication. With, right. Uh, with the with the, all, with the AOD. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yep. So uh, last thing Lollipop added was multiple screens, multi-window, all that good stuff. Mm. So multitasking, you know, which is something that has never come to the iPhone, but that did come to the iPad. I think it might not be on the iPad if Android didn't do it with Lollipop. So that's uh, that's something to keep in mind. Going to Marshmallow, not a lot going on here. This is about the time you start noticing just quality of life improvements and <laughs> a lot of battery right? situations yeah permissions yeah, so so ever from marshmallow on every year android has tried to do something with permissions and privacy yeah why because android has this reputation of not being secure man let me tell you something i've said this even probably on multiple casts but i've said, said this to people once you started googling everything about life yourself included and you started asking these dumb questions <laughs> you started using google maps you started ordering shit guess what they already know everything about you you can't stop it now just because you say don't allow no they still already know 
I don't care what nobody says. That's another debate. That's another argument. But it's annoying because I actually hate it popping up on my damn phone. I just want to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that, that was like a PR thing. And it really started with Marshmallow about controlling when an app can access your microphone or when an app can access your storage or your text messages. Because I will say this, before then, a lot of Android apps were like re- like requesting access to stuff that why would it need it type thing like like you would download a third-party calculator and be like oh we need to access your call logs why why you're a, cal- <laughs> you're a calculator like yeah stop that you know yeah. facebook was obviously notorious for that shit you know they got the hooks deep into the phone so yeah i allow everything you know me i just want the phone yeah. to flow i feel you i feel you only other thing marshmallow added was uh battery doze mode and what that means is is that when the app wasn't in use for a while, it would just be put to sleep automatically by the system, so you didn't have to manage that yourself. Uh, eventually, that transformed. We'll talk about this in in the Android Pie a little bit more. Uh, is it eventually led into adaptive battery, you know, which is what we have today. And again, Apple uses uh, their own version of that adaptive battery type of idea as well. But yeah, not a lot going on with Marshmallow. Next one was Nougat Android Seven, and. This uh, refined split screen and picture in picture. So really, it established Android as this multitasking operating system. You know, and I think uh, the only reason this really came into prominence was just the relevance of the Galaxy Note, honestly. Yeah. Because yep. Samsung was doing this shit before so Google was doing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It might come back. It might come back. And, uh, I hope. You, I mean. You hear about you hear what they're going to be doing with the S22, allegedly? That the they're gonna they're not gonna call the big one the ultra they're gonna call it the S twenty two note. Man, I've been saying this shit for years. Why are you coming out with two S's when you just should have either did one S and the note? So thank you. If that really happens, that is awesome. You're gonna come out with an S twenty one and a S I mean S twenty two and twenty two note. Oh my god. Yeah, so it's awesome. gonna be twenty two, twenty two plus, twenty two note. Oh. And if you look at them side by side, like there's like leaks of the pictures, the the note one looks like a note in the oh, design. So good. Whereas good the the regular twenty twos look like the uh, like sounds the like wheels from last year. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like you put twenty so. twos on the car right now. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that Nougat really added is a big deal was Google Assistant, and you know that was the foundation of. All these smart speakers, all these smart displays, the OKG hot word on Chromecast, obviously the Google Assistant on Pixel phones and every Android phone. It all started with Nougat, which was around the time, if I'm not mistaken, this is when the first Pixel launched and had Google Assistant built in. You want to know something? I I only used Google Assistant more so at home than on my phone vis- uh, verbally, whereas now... I use Siri verbally more on my phone than I did with my HomePods. So it was like a flip. Like I use more Google Home than I did than I did or do with HomePod. But then it's a flip. I use Siri like hell on my phone. I think it was because, you know, with Google, it's so customizable or Android is so customizable that it was just, to me a lot going on not a lot in the bad thing but a lot going on on the phone to where okay cool google assistant is great so let me just use google at home it's that's the simple way of using it 
Whereas we know Siri and Apple is just simple anyway. So I could do it either way, but I just use it more on my phone. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Google Assistant, I always preferred using on a speaker. Mm. Like, it's good on the phone. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's great on the phone. And, yeah. But I always feel like its proper place was see? Yeah. On, the, on a speaker or yeah. on a TV or on a display. And again, it, it, they've made it really good on the phone, and it's gotten great on the phone. But yeah, yeah. I, I do think, like interface-wise, I, I kind of like Siri a little bit more at yeah. times. But even though the answers aren't as good as Google Assistant, <laughs> if we're being honest, you know. Yeah, yeah. But but, but interface-wise, I like what they've done with the compact UI on Siri. I think so. You made a good point. I think that's that is what it is. Google Assistant was made for Google Home. Again, it's great. And I know I'm kind of repeating, but I'm just agreeing with you. And based on how it's so simply simple, how it pops up on the iPhone, it's just not in the way or you don't have to do anything extra. I think that's you're right. And the thing about that, too, is it's like that on Pixels, but it's not like that on other Android phones, which is part of the fragmentation now that's happening where Google is kind of differentiating itself with how it handles Assistant on its own phone. As opposed to how it ha- how it is supported on a partner phone, like remember with the Pixel Four, they did the the Assistant Two Point basically, where it was like faster, more compact UI, all that shit. But I was like, that really only was on Pixels. It never really fully came to you know Samsung and Huawei and all these other companies. Moving on to Oreo, we're not really gonna say anything here. Performance and quality of life feature updates is basically Nougat Two Point All right, Android Pot. The last dessert-named Android version. This is where they got into more AI. Really, like, digital well-being. They got into adaptive battery and adaptive brightness, which we kind of alluded to earlier. Which is awesome, dude, because I used to... I, you know, back then we had to control our battery, so we had to turn things off, turn brightness down, turn on auto brightness, whatever. So that was just awesome. Like, that really helps the battery, for real. You know what's shitty about adaptive battery brightness and adaptive performance in general? It takes, you know how we always say, oh, you can try a phone, you got two weeks, you know that thing? With this AI stuff, it doesn't really give you the full capability and kick in until like a month later. Oh, I believe it, yeah. Yep. So, like, it kind of fucks you up if you're only trying a phone for a couple weeks. You might think the phone's trash, but you just didn't give the AI time, but then you're outside of your return window. You know, it's just like, it's like, it's great, but not so great at the same time. You know, so, but yeah, I've always, adaptive brightness to me was always kind of hit or miss. You know, sometimes it was great, other times it was terrible. Uh, But adaptive battery, I'm a big believer in. Uh, You notice that over time, especially when you own the Pixel. Uh, now, granted, the, that tech now is available on other Android phones as well, not just Pixels. But uh, on Pixels, you would de- like on my Pixel Three. I remember, uh, I remember noticing it. And it's like I would. I first started using it. I was like, oh, this battery is okay. After like a, a couple months of owning the phone, it was like, oh man, this battery is really good. You know, and that was because you know it got more intelligent. Knew when I was going to open up Spotify. Knew when I was going to open up YouTube or whatever, and just kind of uh, adjusted to my usage uh, pattern there. Um, I want to talk about uh, digital well-being though. You know, that was introduced in Pi. Was that a feature that you uh, have found useful in the times you've used Pixel phones? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I use stuff like that to this day, um, where it can automatically know. What you, you know, you're going to sleep, you're about to do something that, you know, do, do, do not disturb and 
uh, and it knows when to turn certain apps, you know, lower, lower powered or, you know, back into standby and screen brightness and all. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I like it. Yeah. I yeah, use it. I just, I never found myself using it a ton, I guess, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I never like, looked at what app was doing what, but I did right. use like the, you know, the basic features of it. Like I would check like how many times I was picking up my phone and checking on it. Like Apple has screen time that does the same thing as well. Uh, and I could see the application, especially if you have like kids who are using a phone, so you can limit screen time and stuff like that. But yeah, it's um, it's a good feature, and it addresses the very real issue that we have in the world right now, which is an addiction to screens. You know, <laughs> where you're looking at screens for too long, and you know, and you just focus only on the phone. So sometimes you just gotta, you know, decompress. And, uh, you know, that's where, you know, getting into the focus modes and stuff like that is, uh, is pretty important. Um, last thing Pi added was a redesigned task manager. This kind of made it look more like the iPhone. Beforehand, the task manager was like a Rolodex in a way. Yeah. And, but now with Pi, they made it carts. One thing uh, I, I appreciate about Samsung was they had their GoodLock application. And what GoodLock does allows you to kind of tweak certain elements of the phone. One of the things you can tweak is the task manager, where you can make it the Rolodex, you could do the regular cards, you could do a stack of cards vertical, or you could do, do you remember the old HTC style where it had the multiple mini windows? Yes. That yeah, was you could awesome. do that too. That was my favorite. I, I like using that a lot. But shout out to Samsung for that. Hopefully they keep GoodLock around with the Android 12 <laughs> update. Let's go on to uh, Android 10. Yeah, numbers, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I think Android 10 is one of my favorite versions of Android ever. Yes, I feel you on that. I would, well, yes, yes, I, I can give you that because there's some features in there that I actually, I actually think are, uh, you know, we, you know, we've been talking about, sorry, you guys, if you hear my dog in the background, that's the most expensive Mac that I've ever purchased. Yes, his name is Mac. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's some features in here that I, I you know, you know, we're, we're gonna talk about some speech things that I actually would, that I, I would enjoy even on my iPhone. Go. So the big, the two highlight features were gesture navigation. So this was directly copied from the uh, iPhone 10, <laughs> and like shamelessly so. Yeah, and straight direct. Remember, I told you when I started using that damn Pixel, I was like, shit. I could do this for the long term. It reminds me of my damn iPhone. <laughs> for a while, I resisted it because it wasn't like the animations weren't lining up at first. So I would just revert back to the three button. I do notice on Android, three button is a little more fluid. But but the thing is, is like there's a good like just feeling about using gestures. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the weird thing about it is that gestures just kind of feel smooth. But actually, what's faster is to use a three button, which is kind of interesting. That's what. That's why earlier when you asked me what I what I enjoy a button, like yeah, I'll take a hand, I'll, I'll take a physical button all day. And from there, they also added uh, dark mode, and them and Apple they took way too long to implement this because like this shit was on Windows Phone like in two thousand seven or two thousand nine, excuse me. But you know, it's just like. Windows Phone had it, and, like, what took so long to do this? You know, I just, I never understood why it took so long to do a dark, even, like, 
like Samsung and the Chinese phones, OnePlus, they all had some level of dark mode before Android 10. You've told me that you actually think, I don't know about now, but I remember prior that you you thought that Apple did dark mode the best. I, I still agree with that. Yeah. Okay. I think Windows Phone did dark mode the best, but of the oh, ones that are yeah. still relevant, uh, yep. are still relevant. I think Apple does it better than Google or Samsung or OnePlus or whoever else you want to talk about. Um, but a lot of times now, it's all reliant on the app too. Like some apps do dark mode better than others. I just like Apple's. It feels more consistent than the Android one because the Android one, you'd be like, oh, okay, so this app does pitch black. This one does kind of dark gray. This one kind of does a little bit of a darker gray. It's like, be give me a consistent layout. You know what I mean? And that's that should be a that's setting. If they, if yeah. they want to, if they want to keep this theme of like. Uh, we're dark, but you know we give you different shades. Well, okay, give me another setting for a consistent dark. Yeah, so like, the way it should be is like in the app, like Twitter does this, where they have light mode, midnight, which is like the gray, and they have blackout, pitch black as well. And what they should have is like follow system theme, and in the system theme you say if you want pitch black or if you want midnight, you need to use those two terms, and that every app should follow along those guidelines. But you know, that's uh, me wishing for things, I guess. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, all right. Let's uh, move on. Uh, live caption. I'm assuming that's the speech thing you want to talk about. Yeah, because with live caption, like, let's say I'm in the bed. Wifey sleep, but I want to listen to something. I don't have my headphones. I could turn that on and get the words. You know it's what I'm gotten so good. Yeah, it's and then they and, so good. and then wasn't this the uh, the keynote when they were talking about for like people out, you know around the country that couldn't like people that have some type of you know uh, disability where live caption became a, a thing for them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It allows so, them to experience content easier, you know, on the phone and all that because like you would have closed captioning on the TV, but you didn't really have that solution for like YouTube and TikTok and stuff like that. So if you're like deaf. Like, how do you enjoy that content, you know? And they really brought that into fruition. This is where you start seeing Google making more thoughtful additions to Android. Yeah, this is when lifestyle comes into play versus, okay, we played, we we had some playground. Now let's let's sit at the table and let's do something, you know, help more helpful. So then, uh, just like Oreo, Android 11 came out. It's basically another Android 10. <laughs> a, a little bit of improvements here and there, a little bit better animations, nothing crazy. And that brings us to today. Today. Android 12. Material so, U. Yeah, that was the big thing, right? You know, yeah. the, it's the biggest design overhaul since um, Android, what, probably since Nougat, Marshmallow, you know? Yeah, that was like, well, actually, no, probably since Lollipop, to be quite honest with you. But, but yeah, it's a, a big visual overhaul. Everything is based on themes and colors, bigger fonts, uh, rounder icons. Yeah, more bubbly. I think it, I think it's I, I don't know. I think it's too fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of it. Like I've played with the Pixel Six a little bit, you know, in stores and stuff like that. Kind of mess with like the animations are smooth. Uh, I'll give you that. Yeah, they're incredibly smooth, especially with the high refresh display. But. I'm looking at it, I'm just like, I don't know, man. It's like, I kind of like, and a lot of people have, have complained about it too, saying that they like the way Android 11 was, was set up a little bit better. 
I'm sure it'll get better over time. Like I know some pe- there were some issues with Lollipop when it first came out with the first material design. So I'm I'm just hoping that they can get it better. But for me right now, I'm just kind of it's like a pass for me, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I want to uh, the scrolling screenshot. You want to know what's funny? Apple has that, but it's you turn it into a PDF. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> whack. The thing about it though is like. LG, Samsung, Huawei, Xiaomi, all of them have done this before Android 12. Like my V60 on Android 10 was was doing scrolling screenshots. You know what I mean? Again, not sure what took so long, but it's a it's a great feature, especially when you're like, you know, you got the little like Facebook comment war going on. You want to screenshot that? Oh shit? yeah, yep. You know now I will I will tell you this though, the scrolling screenshot. Minus what Apple does will be good for the iPhone versus me doing screen record. Because if I do have to show a whole thread, like, hey, babe, look at this. I'll have to do screen record, scroll down a minute, wait, scroll down another minute, wait. So they can like kind of catch on unless they want to pause. So, yeah, scrolling screenshot minus the, the, the whole page PDF thing that Apple does would be nice. Yeah, I think iOS uh, 16 will probably add that. Um, it has to at this point. And the uh, last thing that Android 12 added was enhanced permissions with mic and camera access, precise location information. Dude, uh, these these, well. these people crack me up. Like people are like, "Oh, that's what the orange and green dot is for." Now I know that they're watching me and listen. No, you knew they were doing that before now. Now you up. Now you get the. Now you feel like you can change it now. Like it. Like it matters. No, it don't matter, man. Like, guess what? You walk outside. There's a camera in a tree somewhere. You know, crimes aren't crimes aren't found out just because they just have a hunch or blood or DNA. No, a lot of places can find you by camera. So whether your phone got it or not, and it, and guess what? You work from home now, right? You ain't covering up that camera at, at home because you need it for work. So what now? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so, man, that's, I mean, that's Android history right there. Um, Before we get into a a wish list. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a nice ride. Um, What versions stick out to you as, like, your favorites over the years? Jelly Bean. Yep, because that's when, like I I, I said it earlier, but that's when... I, the Google Now was dope. That's when uh, the Nexus 4 uh, came out. It was dope. Like, oh, my God. And that was one of my favorite phones. So that I will put that one as my favorite. And then for a um, runner-up would be uh, Gingerbread because I love NFC today. Like, oh, my God. I just I can't wait for the next iteration. Shit, I can't wait to get one of those new locks where I can just go beep. I can't wait to go stay at a Hyatt hotel and go beep. Oh, man. What about you? I think, uh, it's just like you, I think of a phone when I think of certain OS versions. And when I think about Lollipop, I think about the Nexus 5, Mm. which is one of my favorite phones of all time. Okay, okay. Just like, I felt like the first iteration material design was so good, and it meshed, like sometimes a phone software feels perfect with the phone's hardware. Mm, yes, and I like that. I felt like the Nexus 5 was so perfectly designed around Lollipop. And it it just it was such a great experience and 
I honestly wish I could I could get that back. Uh, but runner up would probably be I probably I'll go with Nougat um, with Pixel One, you know, because I remember that was a fun experience. I re- I remember really liking the Google Launcher layout where they had the little G button at the top with the weather on the right. And it was the first swipe up to uh, open all the apps thing. I just thought it was such a smooth experience. And obviously Google Assistant just come out holding that home button to get Google Assistant was just a great, great experience. So yeah, those are my two. Do you have a least favorite one? Least favorite would be probably Android 12. I mean, I didn't really see, for me it wasn't, and it's not because I'm an I'm a iPhone fan right now and I'm just using Apple and I'm, I've chosen to just continue with Apple. It's just that I didn't really see a, a good, I, I don't know. I, I think they missed, I, I think they missed the boat on that one. I don't I'm going to go with Marshmallow. I feel like Doze was kind of half-baked at launch and eventually became good, but it was it was a struggle at first. Um, so, yeah, that, that's probably going to be... Uh, be mine but yeah so so that's that um let's talk about the future of things we want to see android do before we wrap up here so i'll let you go first so you we when we were talking earlier you were talking about cross-platform support with apple talk yeah I, I would like for them to have a lot more cross cross cross-platform as we all think as we all wish that that you know somehow iMessage would you know come together but um i just think a lot more things you know not that i know a lot of people with android but i, I know like one or two people with android but Still, just worldwide, you know, I, I don't think it should be a lot. I, th- I think now Apple has all the people they need. They're two point something, some odd million tri- trillion company. They ain't going to lose nobody. I mean, they might. They ain't going to lose it where they going to hurt the company. So, uh, yeah, we need to do a lot more blending, a lot more cross. Like, come on now. The funny thing about that is that for years, I was always like, oh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not this Apple dude who's going to be addicted to iMessage, blah, 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 right. you know, and can't leave a platform because of I can't leave iMessage, yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, you use the iPhone for long enough, and it, it kind of just happens to you. You know, you realize how many people, especially if you live in the U.S., are using iMessage. And, and like, I've told you before, right now, no, no, no new phones excite me. Like, the S22 isn't exciting me. I'm not really excited about whatever OnePlus is going to be doing. And... The only phone that really is getting my juices flowing is the new Xperia that might be coming out. And, and, but like, if I were to switch to that, I know I'd lose iMessage, right? And that makes me like think, okay, is that how locked into this am I? And I started looking through my conversation list and my message app, and like almost all of them are iPhone users because that's just the probability right now because. Uh, 60% of the U.S. uses iPhones. So, so yeah, it's tough. I would love to see it available on Android. There's an app that kind of backdoors into getting you iMessage on Android. I haven't tried it. It's like a $10 a month subscription. But Really? I kind of want to mess with it. It's called Beeper. Um, mm. It was in beta for a long time. And I kind of want to see it, see if it actually works. Maybe I'll fire up one of my Android phones. and, and mm, Let me know. Works. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Maybe we can do an episode on that. But Yeah, why not? Uh, uh, one thing for me that uh, specific to me, then we'll close out with one that we both agree on, is a proper desktop mode native to Android. LG, before they left the market, had had the uh, Screen Plus, 
Samsung has really been dominating with Samsung decks. You know, a couple other ones have come throughout throughout time as well. But to me, having a desktop mode is that next evolution of the smartphone. Being able to have a monitor, plug that shit in, and you have a desktop experience where you can use your mobile apps. Uh, yeah, like I would love if if Apple did that to you into turning it into like iPad OS or something like that. If you plugged in a phone to a screen. But yeah, that's to me is the next evolution, and I'd love to see Android 13 add that. So lastly, uh, I think you and I agree on this. Um, they need to bring, I don't know, I, I like I, I like I said pre-call Nexus Seven level tablet back into space. Like they got to do something where it's eye-catching. I don't know if it'll be design. I don't know if it'll be software. I, I don't know if it'll just be a big Pixel Six. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So, uh, what you feel about that? With the launch of the new iPad Mini and the success of the iPad Air and iPad Pro, I would love to see Google tackle that space. Now, one could argue, oh, well, they got Chromebook tablets, you know, or Chrome tablets or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I get that. But the app support isn't there. And the way they got it, the thing is, like, Google can make a tablet all they want. They got to make get these app developers to actually make tablet apps decent, like they do on the iPad. I'd love to see it. Like, I'd love to see another Pixel C, you know, or a Nexus 7. Pixel C, right? a, a lower cost. Yeah, or like even the Nexus 10 or Nexus 9 that HTC made. You know, it's just, I would love to see that revived. I'd love to see a Pixel tablet. Like, they did the Pixel Slate Chromebook, and that was kind of a, a miss because, again, Android apps on Chromebook aren't great. They've gotten better, but they're still not great. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you, though, man. I would love to see Google do a little something in tablets again. Whether that's properly supporting... Now, they did introduce Android 12L, which is, like, for dual screen and foldable screens. I wonder if they're going to make a specific kind of, like, tablet thing there. Oh, tablet. A bigger th a bigger situation. Yeah, yeah. To yeah, support, that'd be cool. Kind of like uh, what Windows is doing. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I would like to see that. Uh, but that is going to uh, wrap us up today, guys. A little bit of a longer episode this week, so hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, we'll be back in a couple weeks to talk about the history of iOS. And uh, we did talk a little, a fair bit about Apple here today as well. That just so happens. It just happens. I'm sure we'll be bringing up Google and Android on the iOS episode. But, yeah, we're going to talk about the history of iOS and, you know, things that Apple has introduced over the years. So it should be a fun conversation. Thank you, as always, for tuning into the podcast. Uh, if you like the podcast, if you like the podcast, please consider subscribing on your podcast app of choice. We are available on all platforms. If you have the ability to rate the podcast, please do. That would go a long way to help our visibility on Apple Podcasts and other platforms that support rating. Tis the season. To give. Yeah, it is a season to give. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you want to catch us on social media, we are both on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on both of those platforms at Ozaron319. You can find Cress on Twitter at IamFreshCress on, and on Instagram at FreshCress. Thank you once again for tuning in. Have happy holidays to everybody. Merry Omar Christmas. Omar and Cress, we'll catch you on the next one and the next episode of Quality Tech Talk. Peace.